Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noizera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Contested Rage, COVID Compliance, and Globalism Unveiled. That's right. We talk about a global QR human tracking code brought to you by China, as well as the Dominion firm receiving money from China through a Swiss bank. Yeah, literally we spam the Chinese infiltration throughout the entirety of this episode. Uh, we also get into how Dark Winter was the code name for a scenario in which a biological weapon was used against the American public. Yeah, a whole lot of different things are going on in this episode. We got two weeks to play catch up with the information. They're calling for truth and reconciliation commissions for Trump supporters, mass incarceration, Sepico, and more. Yeah, you don't want to miss this transmission. A few quick updates, then we'll go ahead and get started. We only have about two or three more episodes for this year, and the season is done. You don't want to miss any of them. Also, the minicasts we did earlier this week, Being Imperious in a Spiritual Dystopia, is available. If you guys want to support this operation, you can do so by joining our patreon.com forward slash freedom faction exclusive membership program. When you do that, you get the help develop this operation and more. Lastly, join our Telegram channel to get instant access to information that's not on the page. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1040, Season 10, Episode 40. You know, we only have so many more episodes for this year, gang, because that but we just passed Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving or a happy Indigenous Peoples Day. But we're running up on both Christmas and New Year's. I think we have maybe two or three more episodes left in this season and then we're done. It's kind of crazy, right? I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll do Instagram Lives. IG Crew Day. You know, Tuesday, Tuesday with the crew. Uh, but for the most part, this season is going to be wrapped up here shortly. Crazy, right? I'll try to figure out something special for you guys um, with all the other things that we are doing. And I mean that because well, we have had a, a little bit of a boom. Not really, but a little bit of growth in our listenership, in our audience. What I mean is like we're growing and the good old-fashioned way, boots on the ground, shaking hands, not necessarily knocking on doors, but reaching out to people from protests to events and other functions and things that we've attended and things that I've done, we have a a, a natural uh, growth boom. And I think that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, So welcome to the faction of freedom. Welcome to Freedom Faction. Because if you're strange, if you're weird, if you're on the fringe, hey, who knows? Maybe you're honest, maybe you're true, maybe you're to the point. 
Maybe you're looking for a truth. Welcome. Welcome. Because over here, we don't do things the normal way. Yeah, it may seem like there's some structure. <laughs> but that comes from the several and coming up on now eight years of doing this type of work. Again, I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving and or a happy Indigenous Peoples Day. I really do. I hope you were able to spend time with your loved ones, able to communicate effectively how much you really do appreciate them and also give glory and thanks to God for everything he has provided you with. Because he has, you know. Well, I tell you, it's getting crazy out there. And what I've learned is that 2020 has definitely revealed myself to me. Uh, not like an ayahuasca or a DMT trip, like what we've heard on the show uh, and what we've done a uh, four-part, eight-hour series on. But no, I mean, it, it, it has revealed myself to me. And <laughs> I, was, I was trying to explain that to somebody last night. And I was like, no, man, like, what I'm trying to say is we talked a lot about it, the violation of the social contract, right? People no longer being civil or respectful. Humility, right? The social contract's been thrown right out the window. And so I don't want to say that like, well, if they violated the social contract, I should too. What I'm trying to say is 2020 has revealed myself to me. I'm not saying I was being, you know, tricky or deceptive or manipulative with myself, but it was like... I wasn't being entirely honest. And I don't, I don't even think that's like the right word. Authentic, true. You know, I'm not sure what the word would be, but something happened in 2020 to a lot of people to where it revealed themselves to themselves. And I guess I'm grateful to be on a, or I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have a platform where we cover these type of things in this capacity, because my God, uh, it's been a tumultuous year. And so I'll say it a third time. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving and a wonderful in Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, and if anything, that you came together with family. That's the most important part. I hope that happened. And I hope you were able to spend it appropriately, you know, because these days are not easy. Jesus. And, uh, being with your loved ones really is important. And if you don't have loved ones, you know, I'm glad that you were able to listen to us say, hey, you're appreciated. You are respected. You are loved. It may not seem like it, but there are people that want the best for you, even if you can't see it for yourself. And a lot of us has been a lot of us have been in that position. You know, I'll, I'll say this and I'll start getting into uh, the topics for this this week's episode. I said that earlier this week that a lot of people are so used to toxic masculinity, right? Thugs, rogues, vagabonds, the dark knights, grimy people, uh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying Johnny Depp is like toxic masculinity, but I'm just saying like the bad boy image, right? That archetype that somebody that explains or displays somewhat authentic masculinity, kind masculinity, like a brother, a father, a friend, 
where it, that's foreign to us. We're like that little pup that got lost from the pack, and now we're out there in the woods. But when that, that hiker stumbles upon us, and this is the analogy I used earlier this week, when that hiker stumbles upon us, not knowing that that hiker is trying to take us back to civilization and probably domesticate us, give us some food and give us some kibbles and bits and steak and stuff, but we don't know that because we've been, again, so used to the hostile and toxic environment that we don't know how to encounter or how to react to authentic masculinity. And so bringing in this episode, saying all these things, happy Thanksgiving, you know, it may not seem like it, the year's been harsh and rough. That's because we've all had to do a lot of growing. And when I say this year has revealed myself to me, I hope it's done the same for you. And I hope that you're not upset with the end result. If anything, I hope that you're still working on the final product. God knows I am. (laughs) God knows I am. And it's only through God that we'll get through this. And with that being said, let's start the show. So it's been two weeks since I was before you guys, uh, again, (laughs) talking about things. We didn't do an episode last week because last week was Thanksgiving. It felt weird uh, eating food whenever I was, I'm used to like either running up and down a mountain or chucking weights or, you know, putting together the episode because that's the day that we record. And so we have a whole pattern. And so to eat food and not work was really strange. But um, it's been two weeks since we've appeared before you guys. And so much has already broken. Stuff that we've already had the thought process of, stuff that we've kind of covered over here on the show, you know, the theory, the overarching theory of Donald Trump winning the election, but the media going ahead and giving it to Joe Biden. And that overarching theory sounds oversimplicated and, 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 and kind of crazy, but has it. And now we're having information that some of the voting systems that were used, Dominion, and all the other strange things associated with that are compromised. And what do I mean by that? Check this out. Uh, right here, you have a firm that owns Dominion Voting Systems received $400 million from the Swiss bank with connection to the Chinese government. And this happened before the election. So basically you had the Chinese team up with the Swiss and interfere with our election. So not only is Joe Biden like a Chinese agent, this is, this is clearly election meddling. So we're past voter fraud, right? We're past voter fraud. We're now in election meddling. Let's get into this. This got put up by Paul Joseph Watson over there at summit.news. They put this up December 1st. It says, an investigation and SEC filings has revealed that the firm which owns Dominion Voting Systems received $400 million from a Swiss bank with close links to the Chinese government less than a month before the election. It goes on to say that the election centers on Staples Street Capital which acquired Dominion Voting Systems in 2018. Dominion Voting Systems operates voting machines in 28 states and has been accused by President Trump and his supporters of being involved in deleting millions of votes for Trump in addition to switching votes to Biden on election night. So before I go into this, I'm not even going to read this in its entirety because what, what, (laughs) I said this going into this, we shouldn't be, I don't think this is the route to go down. But what this is, is again, more evidence of voter fraud, of election meddling. They're not going to let Donald Trump have the election. They're not going to let him win. 
with all of them showing their, their, their swamp faces, them putting all their cards on. That's why he hasn't really, he, he came out with that 45-minute speech and nobody really covered it. But here, let me stay on just this, just on not necessarily the Dominion voting systems, which is owned essentially by China, but the fact that this is, again, more of the political theater, it's going to get drawn out to the courts. And as that happens, it's only going to infuriate people because the election fraud is getting exposed. It's not about, the sad thing is, what we're seeing is the organized collusion, the infiltration of our enemies, not necessarily of the Chinese, but of globalist influence using the Chinese. Another thing we talked about earlier this week on the show. I just want to say this before I move on to the next topic, because I don't want to spend too much talking about votes here and how they found 300 ballots here or how they were dumping them here or how they were burning them here or how uh, there is a video of a man walking up to a Dominion voting system server, plugging in a, a USB, diddle dabbling for a couple minutes, coming back, taking that USB, plugging it into his laptop, manipulating a couple things and putting it back in. It seems like every other day and every other week we're going to start seeing all kinds of evidence of massive election fraud. But they're going to call it fake news. They're going to call it uh, misinformation. They're going to do all of these different things to discredit what it actually means. Donald Trump won the election and they are fighting mad to try to get Joe Biden in. You see. There's a lot of crazy things happening right now. I'll, have another, I have a, I'll be covering another article later on uh, in this segment where it talks about Antifa threatening the president and uh, his supporters as well as the legal system as the courts review widespread election fraud. I said this. This is, again, a part of that overarching theory that as the election for slash voter fraud meddling gets exposed, it's going to send them into a mad tizzy where they're frustrated, taking to the streets, burning things down. That's why Donald Trump is being patient. He's waiting. Not making any sudden moves. He's letting Joe Biden come on out, have, a, have his little committee meetings and things like that. He's letting him operate, showing his cards so he can hit back. God knows what that hit back looks like. I don't know. But this is a part of it. But because of this, you now have very strange things like this being said. Uh, and we put the clip up on our Telegram channel. You guys can find it. It's of the pro-Trump lawyer Lynn Wood uh, with Sidney Powell at a Stop the Steal rally, getting people excited. He says, this is 1776 in America, saying we will not let them steal this vote. You now have pro-Trump attorney calling for martial law to prevent election loss to Joe Biden. An article written by Travis Getty over there, Raw Story. They put this up December 1st. Now, I am not a huge fan of this, but some of the people talking about this saying that we are in a Essentially, we're at a war, and we've talked about that as well, the hybrid war of 2020, from the spiritual warfare to the economic warfare to the psychological warfare to clearly with COVID-19, the biological warfare, uh, and now legal warfare, things like this. You have people like President Trump's attorney, or this attorney that supports President Trump, Lynn Wood, saying that he, that he should declare martial law to hold a new election. Now, I think that's kind of crazy. Could you imagine troops out there on the street forcing you to vote? I'll play a quick clip after this as well. 
of Donald Trump coming out saying that uh, the Democrats are acting like they're, uh, but this is again them posturing, showing their hands, feeling their hands and showing it. Uh, but let me get into this. It says Georgia Attorney Lynn Wood, who's been involved in long shot legal efforts to overturn the, 20, the 2020 election results, urged President Donald Trump to declare martial law. Wood, an attorney for Kenosha gunman Kyle Rittenhouse, who signed on to the 104-page Kraken law, lawsuit filed by Trump, former Trump attorney Sidney Powell, called for draconian measures to prevent the election from being certified for Joe Biden. Quote, good morning, Wood tweeted, quote, our country is headed towards a civil war, a war created by third-party bad actors for their benefit, not for we, the people. Quote, Communist China is leading the nefarious efforts to take away our freedom, he added. Real Donald Trump should declare martial law. He then linked to the website for the We the People Convention, an Ohio-based nonprofit that purportedly promotes constitutional governance, although that organization is calling for Trump to invoke martial law and hold a new election, which is not prescribed in the U.S. Constitution. And uh, for audio listeners, you guys can't see this, but DYL Daddy says that as a Trump supporter, that's a no from me, dog, because that's what you're going to get from me as well. But what does that really signify, asking for martial law? What does that really mean, asking for martial law? Could it be, again, what I was saying earlier, that as the election fraud gets revealed, as their, as their jig is up, they're going to try to do everything they can to retain what little power they've amassed. Are they going to be sent into a rage as the truth comes out? I'm not sure. I'm going to play a quick clip for you guys. This is of Donald Trump saying that the Democrats were acting like they already knew the election outcome. I will play a quick clip and then we'll continue on with this. I've ever made. I want to provide an update on our ongoing efforts to expose the tremendous voter fraud and irregularities which took place during the ridiculously long November 3rd elections. We used to have what was called Election Day. Now we have election days, weeks and months, and lots of bad things happened during this ridiculous period of time, especially when you have to prove almost nothing to exercise our greatest privilege, the right to vote. As president, I have no than to defend the laws and the Constitution of the United States. That is why I am determined to protect our election system, which is now under coordinated assault and siege. For months leading up to the presidential election, we were warned that we should not declare a premature victory. We were told repeatedly that it would take weeks, if not months, to determine the winner, to count the absentee ballots, and to verify the results. My opponent was told to stay away from the election. Don't campaign. We don't need you. We've got it. This election is done. In fact, they were acting like they already knew what the outcome was going to be. They had it covered. And perhaps Sketchy. they did, very sadly for our country. It was all very, very strange. Within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint a winner, even though many key states were still being counted. The constitutional process must be allowed to continue. We are going to defend the honesty of the vote by ensuring that every legal ballot is counted 
and that no illegal ballot is counted. This is not just about honoring the votes of 74 million Americans who voted for me. It's about ensuring that Americans can have faith in this election and in all future elections. Thank you. There it is. There it is. This is, so there's a, there's a difference between lawful and legal. Just to go off on like a little quick tangent, I'll jump back into this article here shortly, but there's a, there's a difference between lawful and legal. Um, a lot of the conversations I've been having with people, God, it's been a, it's, it's, it's been a busy past two weeks. A lot of the conversations I've been having with people have been really breaking things down, uh, that there's a difference between constitutionally lawful and then what is corporation legal? And so when, I think it's like back in 1986, whenever we basically became like AmeriCorp, we had somebody on the show talking about this, but it's crazy because a lot of the people I've been talking to over the past week, two weeks, have been saying this, that that's why they're able to get away with a lot of these things because there's a difference between what is legal and what is lawful. What is lawful What is what is lawful is by the Constitution, and what is legal is lawyer legalese. <laughs> and that's why they're bending the law. And so that could be why you have people like constitutional lawyer uh, attorney Lynn Wood saying we need to declare martial law so that we can go by the Constitution. But that's still dangerous, if you ask me. That is still very much dangerous, if you ask me. But even if so, you know, again, he said 74 or 72 million Americans lawfully voting for him and him trying to count all those legal votes. I know we're going back into the legalese, but counting all those votes, that's them, again, throwing out the dead people votes, throwing out the ballots, throwing out the manipulation. And again, it'll get, it'll get dragged into the courts and things like this. But I'm trying to say, and I said this earlier, whenever people were voting on November 3rd, that whenever people find out that their votes aren't being counted and aren't being represented, it's going to send people into a fervor, into a rage. And now you have Antifa threatening the president, his supporters, and the legal systems as courts review widespread election fraud. This is an article by Lance D. Johnson over there at D.C. Clothesline. They put this up December 1st. It says the Electoral College, the state legislators, and the Supreme Court are heading into uncharted territory as the 2020 presidential election turns up more voter fraud by the day, which includes remote election software interference, cyber cyber warfare, restricted transparency, election official coercion, ballot harvesting, ID fraud, and mail-in ballot fraud, all evidenced by statistical anomalies, data analysis, affidavits, and witness testimony. As, Donald president, as President Donald Trump a con, and a consortium of legal professionals work toward election integrity, the left-wing domestic terrorists are taking to social media to threaten violence on the president and his supporters who are noble, nobly working the legal and constitutional process of electing the next president. On Twitter, alleged Antifa leader Adam Rahuba threatened President Trump, saying, quote, If you do not concede by Sunday at noon, we will begin to block roads in conservative areas. Your supporters will not be able to work or to the grocery store to feed their families. We are armed and we will retaliate to attempts at vehicular manslaughter. This post, now taken down by Twitter, offers a glimpse of what is to come as judges, state legislators, and electors convene on the critical issue of voter fraud. Will these judges' lives be put in danger? Will the judgment of the state legislators be skewed by the left's threat of violence? 
Will the left-wing domestic terrorists and their mobs threaten and blackmail the Supreme Court justices into submission? The threats towards the legal system, towards the legal process are so great, anyone in a position to make crucial decisions on the election could be considered under duress. And I would definitely have to agree with that statement. I think that's why when it gets drawn out into the courts, that's when we're going to see a lot of the action. Right now, we're seeing all this stuff come out. Right now, we're seeing, we're, we're seeing all the fraud bubble to the surface. But as, as it comes out, you're going to see judges getting killed. You're going to see people being threatened because they don't want the truth coming out. It, it, it truly is that simple. But here, let's get back into this article. It says Antifa and their army of supporters have gotten away with intimidation, attacks on law enforcement, property destruction, and violence towards innocent people all year long as Democrats in positions of power have sided with and supported Antifa and Black Lives Matter destruction. Remember, candidate Joe Biden said in a national televised debate that Antifa is just a harmless idea. They're harmless. And we played the clips for you guys where they're having their whole shut down DC Zoom meeting. Right now they're in hibernation. They're coordinating. That's why this, this, there's some monumental stuff happening that unfortunately we don't have the articles to present to you guys and, 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 and really get into depth about. Like the sophistication of what we're covering sometimes is, is, is so crazy that uh, we have to use articles to go off of that. But uh, let me get back into this. Remember that presidential candidate Joe Biden, not president-elect, but Joe Biden said that Antifa was just an idea. When the election was taking place on November 3rd, business in major cities was boarded up in their, boarded up their windows and doors in anticipation that the left-wing mobs would pillage through the city and take what they wanted. How much of the election fraud was caused by bribes, blackmails, and threats that could have been directly, specifically directed specifically towards Democrat election officials in the inner cities? As courts act under duress and rule against the Democrats' voter fraud, the left-wing armies will rise up again. Not getting their way, these domestic terrorists plan to take their violence to the next level and physically assault anyone waving a Trump flag. These terrorists will attack any vehicles supporting uh, sporting Trump bumper stickers. The left's flimsy war is coming to America. The good news is that the president is three steps ahead of the traitors and their flimsy armies. This war is a national security issue. It goes on to say that Trump has, has already positioned special forces and national, national Guard to prepare for insurrection as the integrity of the 2020 election system is hammered out by courts. Donald Trump has a constitutional duty as the president to protect America from all enemies, both foreign and domestic. And I think everyone can see right now that we are experiencing Domestic insurrection, domestic from foreign elements, though, I'll have to say, uh, because you definitely have people, and we'll get into this later on, with China. You have people that have been bought off. I'm not talking about Hunter Biden's cokehead. I'm not talking about his pedophilic father, either. But you have people that have been bought off by Chinese and foreign other interests. We have foreign elements working here, no doubt. It isn't just George Soros but other people who have given in. And now, because again, this is Antifa threatening people. Here's a perfect example of it. You have the Daily Beast vowing total humiliation, incarceration, and mass suicide for all Trump supporters. Now, what's crazy is this theme of threatening Trump supporters online after they've been kicked off, <laughs> uh, people being radicalized online and then making death threats 
has definitely escalated. I didn't get the articles up here for you guys, but I definitely have the headlines. Uh, two weeks ago, we, we covered it on the show. Leftists had proposed a re-education camp, firing squads, and banning talk radio to deprogram Trump supporters. And then on November 10th, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez demanded a list of Trump supporters so that they could be held accountable, quote, for their behavior. Now, what the hell does that mean? We're talking, we're, we're talking lists. We're talking re-education camps, firing squads, right? Deprogramming people. And now we're saying humiliation, incarceration, and mass suicide. This is, this is kind of crazy. So this is what happens whenever you begin to gaslight people and have media uh, greenlighting a certain type of behavior and then no accountability being, being met. And so I could see why, again, you have people like Attorney Lynn Wood saying, hey, maybe we need martial law for a new election because people are going to go and vote Trump but you're going to have these mobs, these pockets of agitators and not anarchists. They're going to be fake anarchists, uh, radicals and extremists. You're going to have all these mobs of people who are going to see this going on thinking they won. And they're going to try to shut it down. Here, let me get into this article. We put this up December 2nd. It comes from Nima Harris over there in News Punch. It says, Daily Beast vows total humiliation, incarceration, and mass suicide for all Trump supporters. Says Daily Beast editor-at-large Rick Wilson has called for the total humiliation, incarceration, and ritualistic suicide for all Trump supporters in a disgusting new column. In his piece for the far-left outlet, Wilson declared, quote, only exposure, pain, and humiliation, and inshallah, which is incarceration, will lead to the moment of reckoning for the GOP. Unsurprisingly, Wilson, a key advisor to the Lincoln Project, which was suspended recently on Twitter for doxing Republican lawyers, <laughs> uh, JonathanTurley.org reports that his column captures a level of hateful rhetoric fueled by the Lincoln Project, which is funded by thousands of lawyers despite its attacks on fellow members on, of the bar for their representation. Quote, remember, the Trump GLP is shorn of an ideological and philosophical pretense, and even when Trump leaves office, it's not over. His cultists' reign of terror will shape elected GOP members as long as he and his foul spawn walk the earth unpunished. Only exposure, pain, humiliation, and inshallah, incarceration, will lead to a moment of reckoning for the GOP. It should start at the top and work down from there. Wilson notes that he is not interested in reconciliation, in the reconciliation part of truth and reconciliation, declaring a hearty F no to the people calling for re reconciliation. Inside, he called for the mother efforts to consider sepico, which is ceremonial suicide. Do, you know... Do, do us all a favor and kill yourself. Just as I recently criticized Trump counsel Joe DeGeneva for his rhetoric about I will assume that Wilson is not seriously calling for ritualistic suicides. However, he is clearly calling for retaliation against Trump supporters as a Lincoln project has carried out in his campaign. Others, like Elie Neistel, the nation's justice correspondent, have called for a, quote, Truth and Reconciliation Committee to investigate all these moral and ethical failures. And that's before we get to the actual statutory crimes potentially committed by Trump, his administration, his enablers, and his family. So think about this. Truth and Reconciliation Committees. Truth and Reconciliation Committees. Ministry of Truth type things, holding people accountable for their, for their actions type stuff. Maybe they should start with Antifa, these masked terrorists. 
But how crazy is that, that that's what we've gotten in such a short amount of time, that right after the election, they're calling for mass incarceration, mass suicides, humiliation, firing squads, truth and reconciliation committees. Say, good Lord, what, what's happening? Again, that violation of the social contract. This is not normal behavior. But again, whenever you have mainstream media just saying, you know what, we're not going to play the president, turn him off. When you have uh, people basically being radicalized on the internet every day now because they see orange man bad, they've been programmed to hate not only themselves and more, America and everything else that reminds them of it. It, it, it. It's crazy. And more of this contested rage. Anarchists announce a week of action as payback for presidential assassination of alleged Antifa killer Michael Rowanall. We covered this guy because he's dead. <laughs> I remember covering that like on the show and saying it just like that. Antifa member Michael Rowanall is dead. And we played the clip too, unfortunately, where we saw him basically dead out there on the street. And I had commented how whenever the uh, sheriffs or whoever was there at the, the scene of the crime, they weren't really saving that man. They were literally like pumping more blood into his system, like covering those bullet holes and just like making sure no blood escaped. It was crazy. It was, it was, it was crazy, the analysis. Uh, but now you have them saying that we, they, they want a week of action. Again, a week of action as the election fraud gets exposed. Keep that in mind. And that's where these threats come in. That's where these bribes come in. That's where these blackmails come in. You can see, that's the thing, is you can go in there, send a wave of people to cause as much chaos and craziness as you can. They'll distract the mainstream news. That's when you can send special covert op people in there, specialists, to, again, go bribe that politician, break into their house, threaten them a little bit. Show them the photos that we have of their children. Yeah, there's protests and stuff going on out there, for sure. Take whatever you want. The real message is to these politicians. Let's get into this article. This comes from Signs of the Time. We put this up December 2nd. It says, anarchists are planning a, quote, week of action across the U.S. to take revenge for what they called a, quote, presidential assassination of a comrade. September shooting of Michael Rowanall by federal agents. It says that a Twitter account, quote, called The Base, posted a message on Monday night poster that the group created to promote its, quote, call to action. The message invited followers to request a PDF version of the poster and to display it in their towns and cities to help, quote, highlight presidential Trump, President Donald Trump's assassination of Rowanall. The poster reads, quote, rest in power, Michael Rowanall. Every, re every revolution needs people who are willing and ready to fight. And what's crazy is you, you guys can go find the clip. We didn't, we didn't get it for this episode. He said, oh, I had to shoot him. You know, how do, how do I know that my friend of color, you know, wasn't in trouble? I had to go save him. He, he, he shot this uh, Patriot Prayer guy. His name, I think his name is Jay Davidson. He shot a guy from a Patriot Prayer group. Leaving a protest, going to his car. And what's crazy is Michael Ronald had his kid with him, like at the time, dropped the kid off. You know, and then it's like, let's go run security. Let's go do this thing. Brought guns to a protest. And then, like I said, as the, as the Patriot Prayer thing was finishing up, 
Jay was walking to his car. Michael came up, shot him, bam, right there. And so whenever the feds came in, because the guy literally went and did a, uh, a, a, he went and did an interview with Vice a couple days after, basically bragging, talking about how he had a bunch of lawyers saying, oh, I have a bunch of lawyers and people who say I shouldn't say this, but I feel like it's my duty. I had to protect my, my friend of color. He said that stuff, did a little interview with, with Vice, woke up a couple days, stepped outside when the feds came to arrest him, pulled a gun on them, and they shot him in the chest. And so this is, this, this is the martyr they're going to use. So they're, 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 they're done with George Floyd. They're going to go ahead and use Michael Rono. Getting back into this, it says that the penned tweet on the basis account, which was posted on November 25th, said that the week of action would be December 3rd and through the 10th, and called on followers to, quote, take action to help us honor a fallen comrade and to draw attention to, the extra, to an extrajudicial assassination by the U.S. regime. An attached video begins with the montage of violent attacks and riots by activists, followed by scenes from a pro-Trump caravan on August 29th in Portland. Ronald's voice is played over those images with the self-described 100% anti-Antifa activist saying in an interview that he was shot, that, that he shot one of the Trump, pro, Trump supporters because he was the man about to kill one of his friends. The video then says that Michael Ronald was, quote, murdered in cold blood by direct order of fascist U.S. President Donald Trump. It calls the September 3rd killing the first extrajudicial assassination of, a, of an anti-fascist directly by this regime. It calls, it calls Ronald's alleged killing of a Trump supporter, quote, an act of a revolutionary self-defense, and adds that, quote, we want the world to know that this will never be forgotten nor forgiven. We will not be intimidated. We will fight. Neither of the two tweets has been censored by Twitter. The base, located in Brooklyn, New York, describes itself as, quote, a revolutionary anarchist center that is committed to the spreading of anarchist ideas and organizing. Going on, it says that an independent journalist Andy No said that the base is, quote, an Antifa extremist training center. Portland police said security camera video of the, of the August 29th incident showed Ryan All concealing himself in a parking garage after spotting two members of a pro-Trump group called Patriot Prayer. Ryan All and another man then stalked the Patriot Prayer demonstrators from behind as they crossed the street. Police allege in court documents that Ryan All then shot and killed one of the Trump supporters, Aaron J. Danielson. My bad, I thought it was Davidson. It was, it was Aaron J. Danielson. Five days later, Trump tweeted that Portland police needed to do their job and arrest the cold-blooded killer of Danielson. That tweet came minutes before news broke that Roanall had been killed by federal and local law enforcement officers who were trying to arrest him in a town near Seattle. The 48-year-old activist who was in his car, when approached by officers, allegedly tried to flee, arrest, and reach for his gun. Attorney General William Barr praised, F praised officers for not allowing Roanall to escape and said that, quote, the streets of our cities are safer with this violent agitator removed. Social media commentators decried Barr's statements, saying it was smacked of vigilantism. It smacked of vigilantism. This is the contested rage. This is the frustrating problems we see happening right now. So again, you could say that they're trying to avenge the death of Michael Rowanall, or you could say that they're trying to cover up all the election fraud that's coming up with riots and protests, calling Trump a dictator and a fascist. Who knows? You see, that's the problem, because as the truth comes out, it has to be smothered. It has to be censored. 
It has to be misinformed. It has to be mutated. Because I don't, I don't know if any, anybody noticed this, you know, speaking of Joe Biden and all this other crazy stuff that's going on. New Senate documents confirm the disturbing family links from the Biden family to China. So I, I know we just got done talking about, you know, Antifa, civil unrest, destabilization, election fraud, election covering all this other stuff. Is this why Joe Biden has his boot on? Is this why he, quote, broke his, his ankle playing with his dog? Because he's got that, uh, he's, he's got an ankle monitor on, as these Senate documents have confirmed a disturbing Biden family link to China? The man's a Chinese agent. There's no, again, there's no way that he can get into office. He can't even get a security clearance. He's compromised. His son's a cokehead. <laughs> and a pedophile, too. He's strange. We've covered that on the show. Let me get into this. So I go ahead and start closing out this article. This came out on Thanksgiving. That probably explains why it got no attention. I was working on Thanksgiving. It comes from Signs of the Time, November 25th. It says, with Joe Biden's irregularly filled election win, all but assured, unless the Trump campaign pulls off several upset legal victories, we can now turn our attention back to the Biden family ties to Russia and China, a narrative which the, main, with the mainstream media will attempt to suffocate out of existence, particularly if Republicans and their investigative committees lose the Senate after January's runoff in Georgia. In a, sup in a supplemental release to a late September Senate report into Hunter Biden's international business dealings, Senator Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson outlined additional information regarding troubling connections between Hunter Biden's business associates and the Russian government, as well as, quote, millions of transferred millions of dollars transferred from the CCP linked Chinese entity to a Biden business associate who allegedly leveraged his relationship with the former vice president's family, according to the Washington Examiner. Quote, these new records confirm the connection between the Biden family and the Chinese communist government as well as the links between Hunter Biden's business associate and the Russian government, and further support the committee's September 23, 2020 report findings that such relationships created counterintelligence and extortion concerns, wrote the senators in a five-page report, which included 65 pages of evidence. 65 pages of evidence saying that this man has problems with counterintelligence and extortion. If we let this man in, he's going to be extorted and he's going to run. He's going to run programs on us. He's going to. I got to stop right there because check this out. This isn't even a part of the program, but we're going to jump on it right here. Look at this. Chinese influence operation targets members of the Biden team. An article from Zero Hedge. They put this up December 2nd. So more evidence of this man being an agent. We don't know what we. we we don't know the wolf we just let in. I'm going to read a little bit of this. Take a break. Come back because I'll get fired up. Look at this. Offering the latest hint that Joe Biden's newly adopted tough on China stance might be a hollowing posturing. Bloomberg just published comments from a top U.S. intelligence official unveiling the existence of an influence operation targeting members of a team of Team Biden. Goes on to say that the comments come just days after Biden and his team announced their nominees for top foreign policy positions, along with key appointments like Janet Yellen to Treasury and other economic policy posts. They have been sourced to Bill Evania, uh, the director of an obscure but critical intelligence operation known as the U.S. NCSC. The comment, which was reportedly made during remarks at the Aspen Cyber Summit, which has reliably generated newsmaking comments and headlines in recent years. 
That Avania's comments are even being picked up by the wires is almost surprising, considering that Bloomberg has a repu reputation for being soft on China for fear of compromising its terminal business. But at a second glance, it's obvious why. Ivanya also insisted that the 2020 election was flawlessly done. A former Bloomberg editor attested a few years back that, the, that they were stopped from publishing stories about the accumulated hidden wealth of President Xi and his family members. When Beijing launched its purge of Western reports earlier this year, Bloomberg wasn't hit nearly as hard as the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and other American news organizations. Continuing on the China theme, Ivanya added that the world's second largest economy is now the existential threat that we face in the U.S., not China or, or not COVID. Indeed, as President Xi's actions to punish foreign governments as well as criti its critiques and dissidents both abroad and within its borders intensifies, it's more important than ever that an American president can stand up to the Politburo and, his, and hold his ground. Will Biden manage that? I doubt that. It remains to be seen. But some of these reporters about his son's business activities and purported influence peddling in China doesn't exactly bode well. Yeah, the evidence is overwhelming. If we let this man, if we let this wolf into our house, he will eat everything we have. He's already been bought out. The again, the evidence is overwhelming. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. I'll cover more about China in the third segment in Globalism Unveiled. But here it is. And this is, again, just a, a final article to close out this segment. You cannot, and it comes from Now the End Begins by Jeffrey Grider, you cannot complete the Great Reset until America is placed under United Nations authority. And Joe Biden pledged Tuesday to make that a reality. Joe Biden pledged. He said, I will do it. I'll bend the knee. This man won't run. And I think we all know that as well. He'll be out by April. He has, he's, he has been named as a witness in a criminal case. The, again, the evidence is overwhelming. This man's a sellout. And we have so many people who were just anti-Trump that they don't know what, again, wolf they let inside their house. Let me read a little bit of this, and I'll close out uh, this, this segment for you guys. I'm just going to read to you. Just just the news aspect, uh, not the commentary. It says Joe Biden rushes to embrace the UN and burn and burnish globalist ambitions. Uh, this comes from Breitbart News. It says, according to a readout of the call, Biden thanked Antonio Gutierrez for his praise and said that he looked forward to a new era of cooperation. Quote, they discussed the need for a strengthened partnership between the United States and the United Nations on global message on on urgent global issues, including combating COVID-19 and building resilience to future public health challenges, confronting the, the threat of climate change, addressing humanitarian need, advancing sustainable development, upholding peace and security and resolving conflicts and promoting democracy and human rights, the readout said. It. You know, I have to say this, and I think I should just save this for the third segment. It's not that I'm like anti-globalism. I don't think that people understand the importance of worrying about what's happening inside of our own borders and how doing all this other stuff outside of the outside of the world, outside of the nation is like what's making us poor. That's a lot of like what globalization is. It's where they, again, lower everybody's expectations, get everybody used to being poor so they can harvest all the resources. It seems like a great and noble thing that these folks are doing, right? Trying to take care of the earth. 
try to take care of you. They want to offer you free health care, free, uh, free education, free, free housing, free money, free everything. That just means you have to abide by them. You just have to bend the knee. You just have to be the slave. You just have to work the plantation. But that means while working the plantation, oh, don't worry about it. No, they will manage the resources. They will manage everything else. How much water you get, they'll ration it out to you. So yeah, this is gonna this is gonna bankrupt us. Because look at how much debt COVID has put us in. If we just sign right back up with the United Nations after not doing anything to boost us economically here, we're gonna go into so much debt on top of the debt that we're already in. It's crazy. But I digress. What what I'm really trying to say is think about this. And I think to a degree, that's why I'm not necessarily really worried because it'll get dealt with on the 20th. I'll cover this again, like I said, in the third segment. But this is that contested rage. And like I said before, as the election fraud gets revealed, they're going to be sent into a frothing mad state. Going to be upset. Fighting mad. Trying to cover it up. And then set the stage for other things as well. But speaking of COVID, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about COVID compliance. Yeah, compliant units in Maryland, making sure that people are abiding by the rules. You also have an owner of a New York bar arrested after declaring uh, his bar an autonomous zone, you know, like, like Antifa did, so that he could bypass the pandemic restrictions. They arrested him, and then there was a protest right outside. Uh, we'll be covering that as well as the UN enlisting 110,000 volunteers to push COVID-approved information. You're going to get propagandized. Yeah, you're going to get propagandized to you, and then you're also going to be socially shamed if you don't take that vaccine. It's rolling out right now. I should have put it up before coming on to the show with you guys, but CNN did an article talking about your vaccine passport, like it was a sweet and lovely thing. Yeah, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this.
White Rabbits, Infowars, Alex Jones, Steven Crowder, and Owen Schroyer, Gavin McGinnis, Proud Boy for Life, God my witness, Mark Levin, Dan Bonzino, you do business, Diamond and Silk, and Candace Owens, Kanye West standing with you while the flag is blowing, across the pond, Paul Jones and Watson, homie you're the bomb like jihadis in Boston. Unintended, so don't get offended You snowflakes, safe space, fineless dependence I'ma work my bloody hands at the bone While you dream about the day that you could get Roger Stone The deep state and your cover was blown About time you sent Tommy Robinson home Top off the jet, you did a lot of things you regret Bill Clinton flying up in that Lolita Express Trump. You're not a bigot if you wear a MAGA hat and get jumped You're not a sexist if your girl makes you breakfast You're not a privileged white male, just ignore the idiot leftists This is where my family fought to survive Where they thrive with the immigrants who work till they died And they never had a beef with any temple or tribe It's just media controlling your minds Together, we will make America strong again We will make America wealthy again We will make America proud again Listen, right boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because. Welcome back. Salutations and welcome back. You know, the problem is with uh, this work here that we do it's like a trip to not get upset sometimes you gotta like train yourself to 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 come back down to cool come back down to normal don't worry 
Not necessarily be happy, but just, you know, don't worry. You know, I got to be honest with you guys. I've, I've, uh, I have been, I feel like I grew up or I leveled up. I don't want to say I grew up. I think childishness is always going to be like part of my character trait for slash flaw. But I feel like I leveled up a little bit during this, this, this quick little break because, uh, I basically got like a crash course in what is legal, what is lawful. Uh, I also kind of clicked up with some people who were very organized and very structured. I told you that as well. You know, being a part of this uh, statewide committee, that's pretty super cool. Really lets me know that I need to step up my game. And again, just the efficiency of what we've done in this year, it blows even my mind. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but this is me letting you guys know that's why you've, 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 you may have felt, again, the sophistication of what we've done and the intensification of the message simply, be, again, because of who we are exposed to. I said that earlier this week. I'm not that smart. I'm actually pretty stupid. You should see me try to put on a tie. It's pretty hilarious. Thank God my lady does it for me. That's why I don't, that's why I don't wear ties. I look like a jabroni. But um, you should see me do simple things like tie my shoe. I can't do it. I get frustrated. Very complex things I can do, but simple stuff... Uh, it's like over my head. So I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not very smart, but whenever I'm exposed to this, whenever I can see this, when I'm doing this, it's much different. And then whenever I begin to not only connect with people locally, but internationally, that's different as well. And then whenever I begin to connect with businesses, organizations, NGOs, in, uh, nonprofits and things like this, my overall general intelligence increases because, again, we're all talking about the same problem, exposed to the same level of adversity and trying to overcome it with the best resources that we have at the time. And so that's what you guys have heard over the years. And that's what you've heard specifically this year, not surrendering, not submitting, not capitulating, but growing in the face of adversity. And I'm sorry I can't be the same. I don't think you would want it that way. Now I'll say, I'll, I'll say this, and I'll start getting into this episode, or this, this segment, COVID compliance. And I, and I said in the previous segment as well, but 2020 revealed a lot of myself to me. And if you don't think that I, I get up here and sometimes shake and quiver, with, with the stuff I have to say, not that I want to say, but I have to say, you don't know me or you're not listening because this is not normal. They want to make it normal. That's why they say the new normal, part of the propaganda, 15 days to slow the spread and now you're just locked down inside your house. You're a domestic terrorist if you don't wear your mask. 15 days to slow the spread. I don't want to say these things. I have to say these things. Right? What's happening right now? on top of, uh, off of the heels of COVID-19, is, again, one of the biggest psyops in American history because it's being perpetrated on the entire world now. And we, and we put this article up before coming onto the air. Then now, and I talked about that this today, or this week on, on Instagram Live, now you have China saying that the virus comes from America, calling it the Trump virus. So here we go. At the end of 2020, 
We've been so gosh darn propagandized to so much. They are able to literally reverse the narrative. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to, whip, I'll tr try to get it into this segment. But again, it's it's just crazy what we have to do to retain a level of common sense, true normalcy, and honesty. Like my God, the world is it, it truly is upside down world. Uh, but let's go ahead and start getting into this episode or at least into uh, this segment, COVID compliance. Uh, yeah. So check this out. Like I said, I hope you had a marvelous Thanksgiving and a wonderful Indigenous People's Day. Uh, there were forces out there making sure you weren't enjoying yourself, and I mean that by saying in Maryland, they are sending police with local officials to enforce the COVID rules. Yeah, in the UK, you know, they were having people check during the little mail slots, making sure you weren't having gatherings of more than like two to five. And this is, again, more that lockdown culture where it's, where it's cute to be a slave. Don't just wear a mask, wear a cute mask. Let me get into this article a little bit and then I'll play this quick video for you guys. Uh, it says, besides Maryland Governor Larry Hogan telling inhabitants of the mid-Atlantic state this week that they have no constitutional right to refuse a mask wearing a mask during the COVID-19 pandemic, the governor has also dispatched code compliance units to enforce coronavirus safety measures at businesses, including bars and restaurants. And I'll play that clip of him saying we have no constitutional right to not wear a mask. It, it, it's crazy, doublespeak. Uh, but uh, starting 5 p.m. Wednesday, Maryland State Police and local officials will combine forces in, quote, highly visible High visibility compliance units to monitor capacity, mask wearing, and social distancing at bars and restaurants, reported WBAL TV. For the first time since June, the state recorded 32 new virus related deaths in a single day, also reporting that 4,325 new cases, adding to a total cases of more than 885,000. The positivity rate of 6.6 .6 makes it a red zone states it goes on to say that after months of declining cases after months of declining cases uh, the resurgent virus has has forced hogan to reimpose harsh restrictions on businesses and deploy compliance units that will start in baltimore and frederick counties so let's take a listen and then we'll continue on well, this is similar to what's being done in Baltimore and Frederick County. So the goal is to educate, not necessarily punish, but violators face stiff fines and jail time. The intention is really to try to find the major violators of these public health orders. Starting at 5 p.m. Wednesday, the Maryland State Police will be part of what Governor Hogan is calling statewide high-visibility compliance units. How are you doing? How are you doing? The units are modeled after the Baltimore County Social Distancing Task Force. In this case, the state police will help enforce coronavirus safeguards, such as wearing a mask, practicing social distancing, and avoiding large gatherings. Those that are planning to have large, large gatherings, so I'm talking hundreds of people uh, into crowds of bars and restaurants and uh, other private parties where they're selling tickets and renting uh, pr private commercial space. Uh, we're even getting information that they've rented empty warehouses. These new statewide units are not after individuals, but rather large event organizers and places that knowingly ignore state law. 
Those in violation face criminal charges that carry a $5,000 fine and possibly one year in jail. If somebody is intentionally violating the orders, we're going to give them a written notice that says this is what you have to do if you want to stay open. If that uh, is violated, then the health department will issue a closure order. At that point, the business is required to remain closed until such time that the health department feels that it's safe for them to reopen. Like the Baltimore County unit, the focus isn't charging people and shutting places down. It's about educating, seeing if we can get that business into compliance. So can you have... Uh... The state police set up a tip line for information about public safety violations not in progress. That number is 833 uh, about those snitches, bro. We don't want to help out them snitches, bro. We don't do that here, my dude. Sorry, guy. Sorry, my friend. No, 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 no. We don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't do that here. We, uh, I'm sorry. We don't do that here. And, um, you shouldn't do that because who's to say that some of these groups or some of these people work inside these, these health code places, you know, they might see. They might see like a pro-Biden place and they might be a Trump supporter and say, you know what, we're shutting this place down or vice versa. But this is a very, very tricky slope or a slippery slope we found ourselves on. You know, when you literally have them saying who has the right to be official or who has the right to be essential and non-essential, that's kind of crazy. Uh, you know, ask, that's kind of crazy, but that's where we're at now. And so I respect a lot of the businesses that were able to stay open, adapt, innovate, and expand. But that's how this works. You know, now you're having places be, have, have, have these crazy rules where they're enforced. You know, this is truly a disaster. And all this is really doing is just tightening down and destroying the middle class. This is a part of the Great Reset as well. Um, and, you know, I was talking with some people earlier this week about how do we bypass this? What can we do about this? And, you know, to me, I'm thinking maybe we have more barbecues. Uh, maybe we have more public ex public displays of uh, peaceful noncompliance, right? Whatever it is. Have like, a, like again, you're going to have to have church outside or church inside of a place. We're going to have to get the same type of tactics that these communists have and get the, get, get the picture of people having their heads bashed in, of, Again, how, how dictatorial some of these edicts are and how unconstitutional they are. I'm not saying go out there and go be like and crazy, but I'm also saying figure out how to combat this culturally because this cannot be a culture of compliance and submission. I mean, my God, it will, it is and has destroyed the middle class. Now, as we're talking about COVID compliance, this is something I talked about with you guys just last week. When we were talking about it in the Instagram Live, resisting technocratic consolidation. Right here, Dark Winter was the code name for a scenario in which a biological weapon was used against the American public. An article written by Michael Snyder over there at Sons of Liberty Media, they put this up November 30th. Dark Winter, Event 201, all of these things, COVID-19, 84, all of these things are essentially simulations as to how they could run this on the public. You know, I'll, again, part of the propaganda is China saying that the virus came from us even though they launched it on us. You've got to think about this. Like Before I even get into this article, i got to pull back. 
I got something to say about China, and I'll probably say it in the third segment as well. They launched an economic, they launched a virus on us. It's destroying our economy. It's literally overwhelming our system, making our like, make making our healthcare system adapt, transform, and and and, and essentially be overrun. Even though the virus isn't that that deadly, you know we have millions of people who are who are now unemployed, evictions coming up, food insecurity. We're going into massive amounts of debt. China launches this virus on us. They're literally launching mobs of people into the street, with Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Indivisible, and all these other groups, forcing them to burn down cities, shutting down mom and pop stores, and they have the nerve to tell us that we caused the virus? I, like I said, I'll cover this in the third segment, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. Look at this. Let me get into this and continue on getting back into COVID compliance. My God, because see, they've infected us with authoritarianism, and now we have to fight for our freedoms. Like we're the, like we're the strangelings. Ah, uh, let me get into this. It said, could it be possible that the phrase "dark winter" has some sort of deeper meaning that the most of us are not meant to understand? We've heard the phrase over and over again in recent weeks, and usually it has been in discussion used in discussion regarding the current state of the COVID-19 pandemic. But it also turns out that, quote, Dark Winter was also a code name for a high-level simulation that was conducted back in 2001. That simulation envisioned a scenario in which a widespread smallpox attack was unleashed inside the United States. As you will see below, the simulation was, quote, designed to spiral out of control, and the hypothetical consequences were absolutely disastrous. The reason why this is a concern is because so many of these, quote, simulations and, quote, exercises end up mirroring real-life events that happen at a later date. For example, most of you have probably heard about Event 201 by now. We, if not, we have it on our Instagram TV. On October 18, 2019, a group of prominent individuals gathered in New York City to simulate what would happen during a worldwide coronavirus pandemic. Event 201 simulates an outbreak of a novel zoonotic coronavirus transmitted from bats to pigs to people that eventually becomes officially transmissible from person to person, leading to, to a severe pandemic. The pathogen and the disease it causes are modeled largely on SARS, but it is more transmissible in the community setting by people with mild symptoms. Of course, COVID-19 started spreading in China just a few weeks later. We have seen the same pattern happen so many times, and now we are being told over and over again that a dark winter is ahead. For example, Joe Biden specifically warned us about a, quote, dark winter during the final presidential debate in October. Joe Biden warned at Thursday's ninth presidential debate that the U.S. was, quote, going to a dark winter, echoing the concerns of public health experts who cautioned about increased daily COVID cases counts converging with the annual flu season. So what we're really saying is that's why you're not allowed to be normal sick because you'll be COVID sick. And I covered this just last week as well, that the vaccines are going to hurt folks. Uh, thank God I talked to a local lawyer that understood this. I asked her straight up. I was like, Skarner, what do you think about mandatory vaccination? She's like, I'm, I, I don't agree with them. The vaccines are going to hurt people because we had a whole conversation about that. It's going to hurt people. This is why they're asking for legal li- uh, for, for, for waiving the liability. It's going to hurt people. But now you've got President Obama hopping up there with George Bush and, jo- and Bill Clinton saying, hey, we'll take the shot. And I can't help but think about, again, how are people not 
able to discern that this is a part of a massive propaganda experiment. That you're going to have former presidents who get a much different quality of healthcare than you do up there saying, hey, get your shot. And again, we covered this just last week with you guys on resistant technocratic consolidation. We put the articles in the episode link. They're going to do that. Saying, hey, get your shot. They're going to propagandize you. They're going to use celebrities, influencers, music stars, because they have access to healthcare that you don't. The, 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 the sad truth is that we don't. And I don't want to scare people saying, oh, don't take the shot. But I'm also saying, hey, you should be very weary of what's in that shot. From Moderna to the mRNA vaccines to what it's doing. They're saying that you're going to need another shot, I think, in 21 or 27 days. You, like, you get your first shot. You wait a couple weeks. You get another shot. You've got to ask yourself, too, with a virus this deadly, is this necessary? Again, some of the best things you can do for this is build your immune system. This is, it's, it truly is crazy to see this happen in real time. So whenever they're talking about a dark winter, when they're, what they're really saying is they understand the adverse vaccine reactions. They understand the cross reactions that are going to take place. They understand it because you're, you're, you're injecting somebody with a live virus. But there are so many complications with this. It's crazy. It truly is crazy to me. And then check this out. Because of all of this hysteria, right? People not being able to be regularly sick. Uh, some people not getting access to regular health care, things like this. Uh, right here, killing the future. COVID madness will lead to a half a million fewer births in the U.S. in 2021. Analysts say that this will have a long and profound impact on the economy for many years to come. So the climate, the, the climate change advocates have won again. The birth strikers have won again with COVID. They have stopped us successfully from having kids. They have terrified people. This is an article by Paul Joseph Watson. It comes from summit.news. They put this up November 30th. It says, research has concluded that the U.S. will experience 500,000 fewer births in 2021 as couples choose not to have children because of the coronavirus fallout. And this is just in America alone. Who's not to say in other countries it's not the same? In places like the UK, places like Australia. I bet China's having kids. I bet they're about to get rid of their one-child policy. They're open for business. But we're told, no, you don't get to have kids. You don't get to have a life. You don't get to even have gas-powered cars because of Agenda 2030. You Americans and your lifestyle, you are so detrimental. You feel the shame coming down on us? Are we being judged? I wonder how we will respond. Continuing on, it says the findings by the Brookings Institute were published last week in the Wall Street Journal, which noted that there will be, quote, between 300,000 to 500,000 fewer births in the U.S. next year compared with a drop of 440,000 last year. The numbers equate to a 13% drop from the 3.8 million babies born in 2019, goes on to say that the quote analysis partly based on what happened following the 2007 to 2009 recession is that weaker job prospects equate to fewer births. The report further notes, quote, women will have fewer babies in the short term and for some of them, a lower total number of children over their lifetimes. The research previously previewed 
in the summer noted. The U.S. birth rate is already at its lowest level on record, and according to clinics, there has been a 50% jump in requests for birth control wow, since the beginning of the pandemic and a 40% increase for requests in Plan B. CDC research notes that the birth rate in the U.S. has been below replacement levels since 1971. It is now a problem across all major racial groups, including Hispanics, non-Hispanics, whites, uh, non-Hispanic blacks, non-Hispanic Asians, and all below all have below replacement birth levels. Yeah, wow. Death. We're dying. This is, uh, this, this is the great replacement agenda. If you really want the truth, the replacement migration, where they bring in like all kinds of other people from other nations and then have them integrate and mix with people of that domestic population. That's why they say like we're not replacing people. We need to have like 2.5 babies in order to replace you and your uh, significant other in the workforce. And then whenever you have, you know, transgenderism and transhumanism and men not wanting to be men, or better yet, men being women and women being men, nobody having kids, uh, you just don't procreate. And that's, that's, that's a part of it, man. This is population control. I know people don't want to hear these things, but you can turn on CNN and hear everything is great. Let me get back into this. This is a recent survey from the Guttenmacher Institute. Uh, discovered that it, that 34% of women able to have babies in the U.S. had made a decision to either delay having a child or just to have fewer children because of COVID-19. Analysts say that this will have a long and profound impact on the economy for many years to come, as the U.S. could be falling into a so-called fertility trap where there are fewer women around to have babies, resulting in smaller families and lower population growth, reducing economic growth. So again, on this tip, thinking about it from like an economic point of view, this this virus gets released. It, it 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 attacks people in the lungs and the upper respiratory tracts. We've covered it here on the show how it affects people who do recover. Sometimes they have experiences of what uh, what, what what relates to Alzheimer's, dementia, and things like this. It debilitates them. It makes them incapable to fight and incapable of functioning. And now we're hearing about how it's affecting our birth rates. This is this is what I mean by warfare. These are the casualties of war. This is the casualty of war, my friends. Children aren't being born. The suicide rates that we've talked about. Plan B going up. Abortions and things like this. Alcoholism, the suicide, all this stuff that we've covered here on the show, man. The opioid epidemic. Them shutting us down, locking us in our house, destroying our economy. But all, all, you're, all, all you're thinking about is money. No. The sad thing is, is now we are an economy and a culture that equates money to happiness. And because we're not making money, because we're not working, we're dying, we're killing ourselves. We are a degenerate culture that basically is on the borderline of worshiping Satan because we don't want to repent. But this is it. That's what I'm saying. Are we being judged? It's, it's, it's not that far off to say. And so I'm I'm sorry to come at you guys like this and to say these type of things, but it really does honestly worry me seeing this type of stuff. I guess I'm thinking about the, the, the technocratic aspect of them consolidating control, propagandizing us, only getting us to operate on their networks, on the telecom, telehealth systems, right? Tracking and tracing everything. We'll cover that again with China in the third segment. Them proposing a global QR human tracking code system. But again, the minute, the detail aspect of that, of them literally soft killing us, 
and, and sometimes at some levels, getting us to kill ourselves. Look at this. Look at this. COVID vaccine hesitancy widespread even among medical professionals. And the slide I have attached to it is of eight medical health professionals saying that COVID vaccines are, quote, biological weapons of mass destruction, said the medical doctor and manager for Wyoming State Public Health Department. Now, I didn't put the article for that one there. I just wanted you to see that even medical health care professionals are worried about this vaccine. And you've got giggly, giggity, giggling, smiling Bill Gates right there trying to show you with his gift, shoving you his gift, trying to violate your personal space, violate your body with a deadly weapon. Oh, but because they get the military to deliver it, that's so much better. Let me read this and then we'll continue on. Uh, this comes from Aaron Wally over there at Collective Evolution. They put this up November 30th. It says that it's no secret the vaccine hesitancy is at an all-time high, even among many physicians and scientists. This has actually been observed for a while. For example, one study published in the journal Epio Medicine in 2013 outlines this point, stating it in the introduction that, quote, <clears throat> over the past two weeks, several vaccine controversies have emerged in various countries, including France, including worries about severe adverse effects and eroding confidence in health authorities, experts, and science. These two dimensions are at the core of vaccine hesitancy observed in the general population. Vaccine is described as a delay in acceptance of vaccination or refusal or even acceptance with doubts about its safety and benefits, with all these behaviors and attitudes varying according to text. Vaccine in a, a vaccine in personal profile, despite the availability of vaccine services. Vaccine hesitancy presents a challenge to physicians who must address their patients' concerns about vaccines and ensure satisfactory vaccination coverage. Now, before, because I'm not going to, I'm not going to read that it's in, in its entirety because it's a, a very lengthy article. But vaccine hesitancy is a very real thing. So much so that the World Health Organization knew this. Okay. I don't, I, I don't have the clip here for you guys. I'm just pulling it up off of my phone. But Dr. Sunya Swaminathan did a promotional video. November 28th in 2019, where she was working for the World Health Organization saying works to ensure vaccination are safe. And we played it for you guys on the show at the start of the year. The date and time says that we put, we put this up January 12th. But Dr. Sumya Swaminathan, the chief scientist, says in this video that, hey, vaccines, we have a very faulty vaccine front. Our doctors are no longer able to provide proper explanations whenever they're having adverse reactions. And last year, we talked about this throughout the entirety of it. The World Health Organization said that anti-vaxxers were the top health, global health threat of 2019. Fast forward to where we're at now with COVID-19. During this statement, during this promotional video, during this conference with the World Health Organization, Dr. Sumia Swaminathan really talks about how we can no longer explain why we need vaccines. So many people have come out doing research on things like autism, uh, uh, immune, uh, uh, immune deficiencies, triggering the immune response, and, and, and breaking, people think, breaking things down. We can't explain things like this anymore. 
And then Event 201 happens, where you have Bill Gates, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, all these other corporations coming together saying, hey, how can we, if this simulation were to go down, how can we protect the population? Well, we would have to rapidly vaccinate people. And then because most of these trials take at least two or three years, they don't want to hear that because we have an emerging pandemic. We have the novel coronavirus happening. So here comes Trump with Operation Warp Speed, teaming up with public and private interests to manufacture a vaccine. And it seems like it's all right, like it's okay. But as these trials happen, we're hearing about, again, more adverse effects. Day-long headaches, spinal inflammation, collapsed lungs, death. Death. So, yeah, COVID vaccine hesitancy is widespread even among professionals because they're not stupid. <laughs> they're not, they're not, uh, they're not fools. They can see, they have probably the same access, if not more so. They have, they don't go to just WebMD. <laughs> they're not, they're not fools. They get that they're being propagandized to. Whenever we are seeing doctors, scientists, and nurses being systematically censored off of social media, their voices silenced. For simply speaking the truth, heck yeah, they're going to be a little bit hesitant. So Obama, Bush, and Clinton hopping up there acting like they're relevant is not going to fly. This is why you have the United Nations enlisting 110,000 volunteers to push COVID-19 approved information online. I'm not one, if you guys want to know, and I talked about this too, this is a part of the Operation Dark Matter that Joe Biden talks about using celebrities and influencers and music stars to promote the propaganda. And now we have Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, and George Bush saying, hey, we'll get a vaccine on live TV. This article comes from Michael T. Snyder over there, the most important news, they put this up November 30th. It says that the United Nations has announced that it has partnered with the World Economic Forum, the leader of the Great Reset, to promote a campaign to control COVID-19-related discussions on social media. In an interview with, for a World Economic Forum podcast, the UN Communications Director Melissa Fleming highlighted the UN's, quote, Pledge to Pause initiative. Hashtag Pledge to Pause, Pledge to Pause which the UN calls the first global behavior change campaign on misinformation, was launched last month in collaboration with multiple NGOs backed by George Soros and big tech companies. The program seeks to, quote, mobilize experts and researchers, governments, influencers, civil society, businesses, regulators, and the media to stop what the UN deems to be, quote, wrong information regarding COVID-19. It, it ultimately aims to reach a global audience of one billion, the UN said. Think about this. A global audience of one billion people pledging to pause. Now, because we have new listeners... You guys didn't, new listeners, whenever the pandemic first started, there was the one world, the one government, it's like the one world stay at home TV show or something or rather, it had like Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and, you know, Satanists, Hollywood puppets like Lady Gaga, you know, want to be relevant people like Kurt, uh, uh, 
was going to say Kurt Cobain, but it was other people. Uh, they had all they had all the puppets there. It was all to propagandize people to stay at home. You know, fifteen days to slow the spread, and here we are talking about social isolation and quarantining people. Uh, at the start of the pandemic, there was this huge propaganda push to get people to stay at home. They wanted to see who's actually watching. They could tune in. They could sit there because nobody could go out. We could all watch the same propaganda together. It was a whole kit and caboodle. And now you have the pledge to pause. So getting back into this, it says pledge to pause is part of a larger project called Verified, which recruits participants to spread, quote, verified content optimized for social sharing produced by the UN Communications Department. The content is designed to be, quote, front and center in your social media feeds, according to Fleming. She also has claimed that the United States, the United Nations is, quote, working with social media platforms to recommend changes to, quote, help break the chain of misinformation. Sometimes I feel like they're talking to me. Fleming told the World Economic Forum that the, quote, pledge to pause and verified have recruited 110,000 information volunteers thus far. She said, quote, we equip these information volunteers with the kind of knowledge about how misinformation spreads and asks them to serve as a kind of digital first responders. Fleming has stated elsewhere that the U.N. has reached out to member states, U.N. media partners, celebrity supporters and businesses to help us disseminate to millions we will need to reach for the campaign. Yeah, I didn't get the call out, though. <laughs> I feel like they're talking to me, but I didn't get the reach out. Yeah, because I'm not about that. I'm not going to lie to you, but these people will. They get paid to lie to you. They get paid to lie to you. That's what you basically heard me say. The UN is paying people to lie to you to combat information that they don't deem as authoritative or verified. My bad. Uh, the word they use is verified. You see, because that's how it works. This is an information war. Shout out to Alex Jones. This is an info, an info war. You think I'm playing? No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Check this out. UK, the United Kingdom has developed a PSYOP information war soldier to silence COVID vaccine skeptics. So basically what I heard or what I just talked to you guys about with the UN, the UK is doing it on a smaller scale. No doubt. This article comes from Nima Harris. They put this up. December 2nd, over there at News Punch, it says that the British government has deployed an elite information warfare psyop military unit to combat COVID vaccine skeptics and interrupt their propaganda content online, according to the Sunday Times. The report says that the unit is normally used to target al-Qaeda and Taliban terrorists, but will now be turned on British citizens who dare to question the safety of the COVID vaccination. So that's crazy. And to our shout out to our UK audience that does listen because you're going to get propagandized to and you've got to be all a lookout. Right. And I'm not sure how the, how the law works out there, but there's got to be something where you can link up with like a lawyer to where you can say, hey, no, this is the case where I have rights. You can't you, you can't just come in here. If you ask me, I think this is where the contact tracing comes in. If you ask me, I think a lot of it is them not being able to force it on you, compulsory. They can't mandate it, but they'll figure out some kind of way to trick you into getting it. It's like, oh, you were at a bar, you know, this one time coming into contact with this one person, you're going to need a vaccination. Or, oh, you're applying for this one job, so you're going to need to take a vaccine. 
and and get your vaccination passport in order for you to do X, Y, and Z. You know, that that's what's crazy. They're going to try to figure out a way to get that shot in you. And that's how, that's why I'm tripping. Because every single angle I look at it, they're just trying to stick me with a needle. And I don't want it. I, and, I, and, I, and I can read the reports of uh, some of the side effects. People are saying that there's going to be some harsh side effects. I'm reading it. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. Bill Gates wants to help you. Let me get back in. It says that the report says that the unit, uh, the report states that the unit known as the, quote, Defense Cultural Specialist Unit was formed in Afghanistan in 2010 and is part of the Army's 77th Brigade. The secretive unit has often worked side by side with psychological operations teams, the report says. Now, think about this team. Just before coming onto the air, I had posted an article from uh, an activist post of how the L.A. County mayor says not wearing a mask is an act of domestic terrorism. So think about this. They are propagandizing you. And we covered this whenever all this stuff went down. You had like uh, Harvard, Yale, and other psychological institute uh, warfare operations trying to figure out how to make it seem patriotic that you need to wear your mask and you need to take your shot. And now look at this. You have a, a, a mayor saying that it's an act of domestic terrorism not to wear <laughs> a mask. That's crazy. So actual domestic terrorists who are out there burning down businesses <laughs> and, and, and uh, tasering women and children, terrifying neighborhoods. Oh, don't worry about those guys. But people that don't wear masks are terrorists? This is upside down world, bro. This is, that, this is clown world. This is the inversion of logic. This is, again, a part of that COVID compliance. Don't worry about the logic aspect, right? What you need to worry about is whether or not you're being compliant. That's crazy. This is all crazy. All of this is crazy. And here, let me, let, me, let me go ahead and just get this clip up for you guys. Speaking of L.A. saying, oh, it's a, you're a domestic terrorist if you don't wear your mask. They're just telling people in L.A. now, listen, you just need to stay inside your home. So it's not even, it, it, it's, it's a, again, about compliance. It's about submission. It's about capitulation. It's about robbing people of their voice, robbing them of their individuality. It's not about safety. It's not about health. It's about control. And that's what people need to understand. And we need to start doing something about it real quick. I'll play this quick clip for you guys, and we'll continue on after that. Hi, Glenn and Lou. Dr. Barbara Ferrer once again saying this virus is relentless, but that there is a bright light at the end of this very dark tunnel. We are just not there yet. We're seeing terrifying increases in numbers in L.A. County that can only be turned around if everyone, businesses and individuals, carefully use the Oh, okay. It's, uh, I guess, buffering or loading. Tools we have to slow the spread. 
Dr. Barbara Ferrer reporting this afternoon nearly 6,000 new coronavirus cases in L.A. County. While still a high amount, it's 1,500 less than yesterday, which the public health director said was the worst day so far in the pandemic. Deaths also decreased slightly to 40 people, but the test positivity rate remains at 12 percent. And Ferrer stressed once again how the poor Hispanic community is being hit the hardest by the virus. She also said California's strict protocols are paying off. If you still doubt that the science is solid, take a look at what's happening in states where there are no requirements or controls. Unfortunately, these states are experiencing surges in case rates that dwarf states with tight control measures. For example, in North Dakota, there are 10,000 cases per 100,000 people. In Iowa, it's more than 7,000. While here in California, it's 3,000 cases per 100,000 people. Still, Governor Newsom is warning of another stay-at-home order like we had in March due to the prediction that state ICU beds will run out by Christmas Eve. And locally, if Thanksgiving gatherings cause the recent spike, officials expect a two- to three-week lag time on COVID hospitalizations and deaths at a time when hospitals are already approaching capacity. So please wear your mask and social distance. We do have a choice to make, each one of us. Do we want to be part of the solution to this horrifying surge? Or do we want to be the problem? I'm the problem. Because where you fall in this effort now has a life or death consequence. I heard. I heard. I heard. And I, I, I do appreciate you looking out for me. I really do. But I think I'll be just all right a couple more years without you here. So thank you. And I think I'll get on about my business. But you see, that kind of mindset isn't allowed. Yeah, I need to be more compliant. Chucks, I'm just trying to get on with my life. I don't understand what the problem is. You don't understand what the problem is. Well, you're, you're, you're fighting back. You're standing up. We can't have you doing that. You see, you can't go about your business the normal way. You can't. This is, we're being so compliant that we don't understand how, how, how capitulation works how they're going to try to basically strangle us in the submission. And now, time to pay attention. Grocery stores are now being closed under new lockdown measures. I've been alluding to this throughout the entirety of the show. This is an article, thank God, written by Matt Argerist over there at the Free Thought Project. They put this up on Thanksgiving. I literally have been talking with, and I've got to be very careful about, what I release and what I say. I have been trying to assess this situation here and things are going to be done about this here locally because this is what happens whenever you're too goddamn compliant. You're literally cutting people off from critical medical supplies. Insulin, food, things like that and more. You're being so compliant that these governors, and my governors I guess out there in Hawaii right now, that these governors are literally killing people, complicit to murder. Bypassing the Constitution. These are unconstitutional edicts. Literally killing people. There's a violation of your rights and a violation of the law. Like I, I, I got to get into this because we don't. Let's get into this. He says that uh, let there be no doubt that COVID-19 is spiking across the country. Cases are exploding and hospitalizations are on the rise. 
The recent spike has governments scrambling to contain the virus. It appears that everything they do, however, has the same outcome. The people get poorer, the corporations get richer, and the virus continues to spread. A recent move by the governor of New Mexico has citizens in shock as it is not as it as it is one no state has implemented because humans need to eat. One industry that has been has remained largely open during the entire course of the pandemic is the grocery industry. Although they have implemented capacity limits inside stores, grocery stores, even mom and pops, have remained open. But that is no longer the case in New Mexico. Even if enough employees of a grocery store test positive for COVID-19, the store must now close. Under Governor Michelle Luan Grisham's public health order, businesses with four more rapid responses in a 14-day period have to shut down for two weeks. According to KOB, grocery stores in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, Roswell, Carsbad, Farmington, Hobbs, and Las Cruces have been closed. The governor is telling citizens not to worry, though, and that these closures won't affect their access to things that sustain the life. Now, that's bullshit. And I can tell you that's bull because I have been on the phone hearing it from people, man. I can't I cannot disclose to you the information that I have been privy to. Things that are happening because of this. This is personal. You're locking down grocery stores. This ain't Michigan where you're shutting down the where you're shutting down the seed aisle. Y'all at least kept open. Oh my god. You at least kept oh I'm sorry. I'm not trying to yell at y'all, but they kept open at least Costco. They kept open Lowe's. They kept open Home Depot and even freaking Marshall Law Mart. But now they're closing grocery stores. People, Walgreens and CVS was open, but people can't. People are not getting food and they're getting, they're getting very upset. That's all I can really say out here. Um, and, and, and all fairness, I think before I get myself in trouble too, I think I should probably cut it down right there. Because people out here are getting upset. That's all I'm saying. And uh, there are legal and lawful approaches and measures that are being taken, connecting not only with uh, national groups here, but as well as international organizations to help destroy not only our governor's powers, uh, impeach her, but also recall her. Okay, And uh, I am honored to be a part of some of the conversations I'm a part of, taking place in some of the historical things that are taking place in my state. That's all I'm saying. I'll let you guys know more about that as it develops, because this is crazy. And this is what I was alluding to earlier this week, is that I'm doing a lot of stuff outside of the show and the page that cannot be talked about on the page because it doesn't translate well. But it's also equally as important to show you guys how this needs to be replicated and what else needs to be done, because uh, lines are being drawn in the sand. People are getting upset and they're fighting back. They're organizing, they're fundraising. They're getting structured, they're getting organized, and they're doing something about it. And this is what people need to hear. We have a voice, we have a platform, we have a way to do this. But unfortunately, in our current configuration, we're unable to. But rest assured, when I learn the formula, I'll send it out there and help replicate it as much as I can. Because this is atrocious. This is blasphemous. This is dangerous. You're playing with people's lives. And it never ends well. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because let me tell you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Things are firing up. You cannot treat people this way. And I'm going to go ahead and skip forward on some of this. This is just the last couple minutes. 
of, uh, of, of, of sheriffs that are being forced out of a business telling them that, oh, you guys can't operate. Go get a warrant trying to come in here and come say this. This is why they had to get the compliance units in Maryland. Go get a warrant because what you're doing is against the law. But here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and jump into this because obviously I'm fired up and, and the show goes a whole different way at that point. I'm going to play this clip for you guys, play another clip, and then we're going to close out this segment of COVID compliance. Why are your phone outside? I would really like it. Where did you have a place? 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 Where did you have a
You, you understand? Where do they get off? And so people are going to start fighting back, thank God, because there's only so much capitulation that you can do. Got grocery stores shutting down, mom and pop shops basically being eradicated. They can't get the, the stimulus checks. People are fighting back. And I put this up just before coming onto the show. Didn't really cover it in this segment. But that bar owner in Staten Island who declared his bar an autonomous zone, copying Chaz and Chop from Antifa, he was arrested, right? He was arrested for standing his ground, knowing his rights, and having these cops trump up laws. And because of this, you have supporters of that Staten Island bar turning out on Wednesday night to protest it because this is this is ridiculous. The guy's just trying to earn a couple bucks. We're all just trying to earn a couple bucks, but that's how this works. The tightening, the strangling, the putting our heads in a noose. The supporters of the Staten Island Bar turned out last night to protest shut down. Police say the bar located in a COVID hotspot repeatedly defied the restrictions. The CBS News John Diaz joins us from the Grant City section of Staten Island with more this morning. John? Yeah, good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mary. And after showing up in large numbers last night, protesters have a sense left. They left late last night. But this morning, though, I want you to take a look right here behind me. Uh, you can see that there are still notices hung up here on this. Doing the buffering thing again. Stating that a partial vacate order only allowing the owner inside and emergency responders. Now, the New York City Sheriff's Office says there were no arrests last night and no one was issued a summons. Chopper 2 flew over what looked like a major block party on Staten Island Wednesday night, but instead it was a large protest. Most people without masks on, hundreds standing shoulder with American flags and political signs demanding change in the area, demonstrating in front of New York City Sheriff's officers who were guarding the front of Max Public House. It's a bar and restaurant that was forced to close when its owners refused to stop indoor dining in an orange zone after several warnings. The general manager seen here getting escorted out in handcuffs Tuesday night for defying the order. They're just trying to support their family. Kevin Smith was mixed in with the group of supporters, voicing his concerns over why he believes this enforcement is wrong. There's people doing heroin and defecating on the subway. And I think that spreads the virus a lot more than some people having a drink in Staten Island. Keith McElarney is the owner and feels he is being stopped from making money. I'm allowed to be inside my private property. I pay my rent, and within paying my rent, they're saying right now I can't serve food and I can't serve However, the guidelines for orange zone areas allowed him to serve takeout, alcohol, and outdoor diners. The area has one of the highest COVID infection rates in the city. The zip code it's in is at 8.62%. But this local business owner tells us restrictions are too tough. It's not enough for someone operating in New York City. We pay high city tax, we pay high state tax, uh, and we pay high federal tax like everybody else. A lot of us need to operate above a certain capacity just to be able to even pay our bills and pay our staff. That is why many supporters showed up. At a certain point, you know, like people, uh, what's called, like people on the left like to say, our body, our choice. But business owner Larry Tejudin, who works next to the bar, wonders why everyone can't come together to slow the spread. Why can't we just go beyond one page? 
other business owners telling us that they are aware of the increase in COVID cases here in this area, but they feel though that their hands are tied with little to no help they say from you know local, state, and federal authorities. We're live this morning from Grand City, Staten Island. John Diaz, CBS 2 News. All right, Thanks, John. John. <laughs> Thanks, John. We appreciate that. Stupid Larry. Don't understand? There's no way to get people all on the same page, not with this. Yeah, the compliance is what Larry's looking for, and the defiance is what the bar is for. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about globalism unveiled, all this stuff I've been alluding to throughout the entirety of the show regarding China and more. I'll say this to close out the segment. If you can't tell that COVID is designed to rob you again of your identity, of your freedom, of your liberties, and more, you're not paying attention, and they have successfully propagandized you. I'm not saying that I don't trust all vaccines. I'm sure that they are wonderful technologies being used in some capacity. I guess I just don't trust back. I, I don't trust Bill Gates. Now when he's been kicked out of multiple countries, he's telling you they're going to they're gonna hurt you, right? There's just, there's just problems on top of problems. But what's going to happen is they're going to get worse until we start fighting back, until we start standing up for ourselves. And because we've been in such a compliant, complicit, and a capitulated state for so long, again, going back to toxic masculinity, the idea of having authentic masculinity standing up for yourself and not being a slave has become foreign. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about China. China way. Uh, the communist Chinese dictator, President Xi Jinping, has called for a global QR code human tracking system as part of the COVID-19 digital passport immunity thingy, as well as uh, humans breaking the planet with suicidal war on nature and other things such as this. The World Health Organization has urged global government to help manage all social activity. Yeah, a whole lot of things and more in the next segment. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. You are in a state of war, and you have precious little time to save yourself. It's a slow process, which we call active measures. First stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis. With a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all the schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. We will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not.
time bomb is ticking. With every second, the disaster is coming closer and closer. The danger is real. Food supplies have been completely wiped out. We have our evacuation of all counties. I report complete devastation. forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. to us, calls us back, back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last, we've found our way home. Secret powers are in play, where nothing is as it seems. One brand of clothing gives Crusaders of Truth a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. Occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know. Welcome back. Salutations and welcome back. You know, we talked about a lot of things here on the show. We do a lot of different type of work over here on the show. We're very honest over here on the show. We try to, I try to be transparent, you know, and I was watching uh, Jesse Spots' channel. And I would definitely recommend if you guys haven't heard of Jesse Spots, check him out. That's just his, his name, Jesse Spots. He's a, you know, sometimes he does like Christian stuff. He makes fun of Owen Benjamin. 
Uh, he does real good critiques on things, goes from like a, Christ, a Christian theological point of view. Um, you know, a lot of what's crazy is he has this series, this playlist series called uh, Exposing the Dark Web, where he basically kind of trolls Joe Rogan for being like a fake intellectual. And what's crazy is he has like a compilation of information there from, um, I forget the gentleman's name, but various people who have exposed Joe Rogan and his psychedelic cult nonsense. And whenever I wanted to do the psychedelic psyop, I used Jesse's whole playlist as kind of like a base to get down all my information. And the reason I'm kind of giving him like a shout out is because he's not heavily into all of this stuff like we are, but he still sometimes reaches the very same conclusions. And the other reason I'm giving him a shout out is because he shares the birthday of my brother. Another reason as well is because he's, he's offered a level of transparency in his content that I deeply appreciate and respect because it takes a lot of courage to get up here and be honest and be transparent and be truthful. You can come up with any kind of personality you want to on the internet, man. But with Jesse Sponsor's channel, and, the, and this isn't like a paid promo or anything, this is me just like introing this segment, uh, he, 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 he really does a good job kind of expressing that. And so whenever I talk to you guys about, you know, me confronting my own cowardice and some of my own things that I have to, you know, admit to you guys so we can move on to the next chapter and the next agenda, I, I kind of picked up, up, I picked up some of that from him. You know, you can't mimic being honest, but you can also say, you know what, if this guy's doing it, maybe I could, maybe I could, I could be a little bit more authentic. I could be a little bit more real. I could be a little bit more level-headed in my approach. You know, I don't have to be so, so distant, right? Oh, I'm the only one with the knowledge over here. You know, woke, 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 woke. No, 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 no. You got to be able to relate to people. You got to be able to bring this down to a level to where it's not esoteric, to where it's not conspiratorial, to where it's not a cult, but where it's real, to where people see, like, good God, why should I worry about these things? What's the relevancy? And I feel like that's, you know, what we cover over here is how is this relevant? Why is this happening? And what can we do to fix it? Well, my friends, I wish I had the answer, but I'm right there with you trying to figure it out myself. And uh, that's why I, I, I can't lie to you. That's a lot of where the superpower comes from, is from that transparency and from that authenticity and saying, listen, this is what I got. This is what I know. This is what I'm doing. And this is, this is where we have to get to. I don't know how we're going to get there, but this is what we got to do. And this is, this is where we are. And this is Globalism Unveiled. I said it throughout the entirety of the show that 2020 has revealed myself to me. I think you guys have, again, heard that theme. But as that took place, they told us to put the masks on as they revealed their agenda. Klaus Schwab talked about it with the Great Reset, writing his book, COVID-19, The Great Reset, <laughs> and then coming out making a series of speeches detailing the Great Reset. They've unveiled globalism. They've externalized their hierarchy. They have made us adopt their ideology. And now, as if given a stroke of genius, now you have at a virtual G20 summit, communist Chinese dictator, President Xi Jinping, calling for a global QR code human tracking system 
as part of the COVID-19 Digital Immunity Passport. An article written by Jeffrey Grider over there, Now the End Begins, they put this up November 23rd. So it's cool for China because they already have their social credit score system, their track and trace system integrated into that. But everywhere else, every other Western nation should see this for what it exactly is. But it is the Mark of the Beast style system. Remember that article I read you guys a couple weeks ago? I think I might have uh, pulled it up here for other purposes. Yeah, right here. Global conspiracy against God and humanity. Archbishop warns Trump of COVID health dictatorship and chilling open letter. Yeah, Archbishop Carlo Vigliano. I'll put the link for this in the description bar below. This is it. This, this is the conspiracy where they want to track and trace you. You imagine having a QR code for your identity? And, I told, and I'll get to it after this one as well. I should have covered it in the previous segment, but I put it up in between breaks. That, that health passport, show me your papers. Like this is Nazi Germany. Show me your papers or show me your code. This is the mark of the beast style system as prophesied in Revelation chapter 13. But we will neither be able to buy nor sell without receiving the mark. This is it. This is globalism unveiled. This is, this is what I mean by there will be no humans in the technocracy, only transhumans. And we are being inducted into this cult with the vaccine. Because it's going to have your vaccine health passport. It's going to have your identification. Let's read this, and then I'll read that article I put up in between the break. It says Chinese Communist President Xi Jinping wants travelers to adopt a global QR code system to help determine their health status and travel, quote, permissions in a post-coronavirus pandemic travel great reset. The global elites behind the great reset have given us the entire year of 2020 to mentally prepare ourselves for the coming new world order and their puppet candidate at the center of it all. Joe Biden is only too eager to get started in his brief stint as the 46th president of the United States. We've been warning you about the coming digital immunity passport, and now the country that gave us the Chinese virus is called for exactly that. Quote, and he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18. This prophecy is now busting out on every level. Make sure you uh, fasten your seatbelt, because this is one flight you can't afford to miss. goes on to say that China wants passenger tracking system for global travel coronavirus reset. This comes from Breitbart News. During the virtual G20 summit on Saturday, Xi called for a coronavirus, quote, global mechanism, which involves international recognition of health certificates in the form of QR codes to allow people to travel freely, according to the state media. The dictator says that the system can be based on a nucleic acid testing results in the form of internationally accepted QR codes, reported state news agency, quote, we need to further harmonize policies and standards and establish fast tracks to facilitate the orderly flow of people, he is quoted saying, quote, We hope more countries would participate. 
QR codes are barcodes that can be read on mobile phones that are a common tool of tracking and control in the Communist China. Under the scheme China has employed since February, users are issued a traffic light-style health code with a green code allowing someone to travel freely and an orange code or a red code indicating that they need to quarantine up for two weeks. The codes are based on a combination of big data and information submitted by the users themselves. The leader of the Chinese Communist Party did not explain how the international scheme might work out if it would mirror the health code system, which has been widely adopted in China. The lack of detailed information has already been flagged by critics who see it as a piece of social engineering. In a tweet, the executive director of Human Rights Watch, Kenneth Roth, expressed caution over Z's proposal, saying that, quote, an initial focus on health could easily become a Trojan horse for broader political monitoring and exclusion. Yes. Yes. There is a uh, member of parliament in Canada that said the very same thing when asking about what are these quarantine and isolation facilities for? How far off are we from having somebody, a political dissident say, entering inside of these? Remember, just last segment, we talked to you guys about uh, how in Los Angeles, it's now considered an act of domestic terrorism not to wear your masks. And we've seen the rise of Karens, Kevins, and Kens, the KKKs, all throughout the entire year, ratting on people, snitching on them, acting like it's cool. Think about this, gang. Before I get back into this article, I know I go on this all the time with China, dude. You got to think about this. That's why they got rid of George Orwell's 1984. That's why they are literally making war against the saints right now over there. Because biblical prophecy is unfolding over there. I said it at the start of the episode too. There are globalist forces using China to wage this war. There's Christian genocide in South Africa. And China's basically over there propping up Africa monetarily, building up their infrastructure. You got to think about this, man. Like, the, the, the sophistication of everything that we're going up against is, it, it, it almost seems insurmountable. But that piece of scripture just said it right there. Let heat that have wisdom recognize the name, the number, and the mark of the beast. These people, they have a signature of evil, a fingerprint everywhere. That's what I mean by the sophistication of our adversaries. It's, it, 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 it seems insurmountable. Not really, because God is still in control. They have a signature. They have a formula. They have the, a way of going about things. That's why numerology and symbology is so important to them. That's why we're looking at December 12th and 21st of this year to be very important. But, but they, don't, they don't do things without them having a purpose. It's crazy. Here, let me get back into this. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I, I, I trip out having to politically explain prophecy, so you have to give me a second to rewire. Getting back into this, it says China has been building its own mass surveillance network for the past decade, which boasts hundreds of millions of street cameras. The surveillance network has been billed as the most powerful facial recognition system and aims to identify any of its 1.4 billion citizens within three seconds. China is also looking at more digital methods of ensuring its citizens comply with, with the strictures of the single-party state. Millions of cameras 
tracking everything, everything you do, everything you say, seeing what you say online. And now all of our social media companies have migrated over there. Wonderful. Isn't that marvelous? And people say, oh, well, why are you so worried about China? From the forced labor, from the death camps to the forced labor camps, right? To them literally working people to death. I'm going to play that clip for you here. Don't you worry. I've been talking about if we just keep on working, we're going to drive America into death. I want to close out talking about COVID-19 and this, the, all this stuff first. But again, how they're using China as the model, as the base. They have begun to migrate all of our powers over there. Apple's over there. Google's over there. And they, have, they took all of our data over there. That's why whenever we're talking about the election fraud, too, like, oh, oh my God. I should have covered this in the first segment, but I got to say this now, too, because I, I, I literally listened to phone calls of Chinese operatives buying American ballots. And I know they were only buying them in bundles, but think about this, guys. The same way we collect like katanas and like samurai swords and kunais and uh, things like this. How much do you think an American vote is worth? Could you imagine somebody purchasing that sitting inside of their office overlooking the city? looking at somebody's ballot that they thought was supposed to get registered and then staring at that ballot, knowing full well that they helped interfere with election fraud or helped, helped engage in voter fraud, that they were able to buy it. You're going to be able to buy like one of these COVID passports off on, online and stuff like that off of like the dark web and things like that. Gray man tactics. You know, we, I'm, I'll get into that stuff later on, maybe next year when it's more prevalent. But, but back to the, the ballot harvesting and the election fraud and the voter fraud and how China's a part of it, man. Could you imagine laughing, having somebody's identity stolen through a vote, looking at what they voted for? Like, I don't know if I'm able to be able to effectively explain that. But think about this. You're in some high rise building working with corporate espionage, teaming up with defective Americans interfering with the election process, making sure that those ballots never reach their destination. And if anything, you send them halfway across the country. Identity theft is a real thing. But think about the prized value of being able to save that like a Pokemon card or like a baseball card. It's greater than like election. Th it's, it's greater than election meddling. Like, I hope that makes sense. And these are the people who are messing with our economy. You see? So here to put a to get back into the China stuff and put a I got to put a bow on the COVID thing uh, because they were talking about a QR code and travel passports and stuff like this. Like I said, this was the article that we put up in between a break. Americans to get a vaccination card to prove that they've taken the COVID shot. An article written by Paul Joseph Watson put up over there at Summit.News. They put this up December third, and I'm just going to switch over here to the slide. It's a tweet from CNN that they put up today, and they say it like it's a good thing. They got this guy holding what seems to be like a COVID vaccination record card or report card. CNN's tweet says this, quote, here's the card you'll, you'll get when you eventually get the COVID-19 vaccine. Everyone will get a card, quote, they can put in their wallet that will tell them that they had and when their next dose is due, said Dr. Kelly Moore of the Immunization Action Coalition. And it has a little link where you guys can go check it out. So they're, they're making it seem like it's great. And again, I can't help but think of Show me your papers. Show me your papers. Show me your papers, you 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 dirty Jew. 
I can't help but, but think of how that's what this is. And that's the introduction of it. So I'm going to read a little bit of this, then I'm going to play that quick clip of a, a Chinese sociologist saying, if we just keep going to work, we'll just drive America's down. We'll, we'll, we'll drive America to its death if we keep working because we have become that economically dependent upon them and we have become that devastated this year. Uh, but here's this article. It says Americans will receive a vaccination card showing that they've taken the COVID-19 shot, raising the prospect that airlines and venues could refuse service to those who were not immunized. Quote, everyone will be issued a written card they can put in their wallet that will tell them that they have and when their next dose is due. Dr. Kelly Moore, Associate Director of the Immunization Action Coalition, told CNN. The vaccination card will be issued by the CDC and patients will be asked to provide a cell phone number so they can be contacted uh, when it is time to receive their second dose. Vaccination clinics will also send records of who has taken the shot to state immunization registries and every dose administered will be able to will also be reported to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. While the first doses of the vaccine will be made available to the healthcare workers, 100 million Americans are expected to have vaccinated against COVID-19 by February, according to Monsef Slawi, the chief advisor to the Operation Warp Speed. As we previously highlighted, while governments won't mandate the vaccine, venues, employers, and service providers could all insist that customers take the shot. Given that polls show nearly half of Americans have indicated that they won't take the vaccine, this would create a huge number of people who could be denied the right to travel and a social life. Several airlines have already suggested that they will make the vaccine compulsory for travel. Quanta CEO Alan Joyce asserting last month that, quote, we will ask people to get vaccinated before they get onto the aircraft. And as we highlighted yesterday, the Welsh government has also announced that citizens will be given ID cards to prove that they've been vaccinated. Great. I'm so, isn't this so awesome? Thank you, China. Thank you, China. We are so great that you have instituted this, this, infected us with this, this horrible disease. God. Oh. Oh. Think about this, guys. Because I'm going to play for you guys this, this clip of this Chinese sociologist basically talking smack about us, about like the U.S., not any other country, right? Not about Russia, not about Europe, not about the UK, not about Australia. No, about us. Yeah, yeah, because we are the threat. And when I tell you that they set off like a bomb on us, that that's what this is. That this is a part of the trade war, that they were losing the trade war with the sanctions and the tariffs. Yeah, they were losing. So they launched this. Or we were forced to shut down. China's back open for business. We're not. We're told if you stay out, if you get outside your house, we'll arrest you. If you have Thanksgiving, you might you might as well have COVID. You better not have Christmas. And think about what this does to our economy. Black Friday is the time of time, that time of the year when some of these corporations and these businesses, these mom and pop shops, finally get out of the black. They've been using all their reserve funds to stay alive throughout the entirety of this shutdown, lockdown phase nonsense. And then when you have like Antifa protests, and Black Lives Matter protests, breaking windows and, and destroying stuff like that, they throw in the towel. This has destroyed our economy. You now have people saying it's good. These businesses need to shut down, not knowing what they're doing. This is bad. Like this is it, it, it truly is crazy 
again, to just see the sophistication of this. And so when China comes out and says, hey, as long as we keep working, as long as we keep using our facilities and doing our work, we'll drive them to, we will drive the U.S. economy to its death. We were supposed to do it beforehand, but we'll reach our goal by 2027. And when we're talking about, again, the population decline because of COVID, not, not the suicides, not the opioid epidemic, not the alcoholism, not, not the sexual perversions that have taken place, right? The incest and all that other crazy stuff. Just people not having births because, well, they don't go to the hospital. That's going to affect the economy as well. We are being systematically put in debt. And when I say that the masks are killing the economy, this is it. And I don't think we played clips for you guys where there are people within Chinese mask making facilities laughing as they put the laughing and coughing as they put uh, uh, masks inside of boxes. So this is crazy. This is what we've been affected with. This is what happens when we want to be like every other country and everywhere else. But don't worry about how we do things here. This is what happens again when you have politicians that have been bought for and paid out politicizing a virus. Like, it's, it is truly sad what has happened to us. But I'm going to get into this article from Sarah Taylor over there at The Blaze. They put this up uh, November 30th. And it says, Chinese sociologist Dr. Li Yi says that we are driving America to its death. So let me uh, read a little bit of this and then we'll, we'll, we'll continue on. It says, according to a Monday report from the Daily Wire, Yi's remarks were reported by Memory TV came in mid-October and were delivered at the Xinjiang Dialogue Forum in Shenzhen, China. Memory TV reported that, quote, Chinese sociologist Dr. Li Yi said in an October 16, 2020 speech delivered at the Xinjiang Dialogue Forum in Shenzhen, China, that China would overtake the United States in GDP by 2027, and that the COVID-19 has been harmful to the U.S. and Europe, but specifically beneficial to China and North Korea. Quote, Dr. Yi holds a Ph.D. in sociology from the University of Illinois, and according to his LinkedIn account, and he is a full-time professor at the Renmin University in China. Memory TV noted that, quote, following Dr. Li, Dr. Yi's October 16th speech, Renmin University issued a statement denying his employment at the university. As highlighted by the Daily Wire, Yi, in his remarks, said that, it, quote, turns out that China is going to overtake the United States in 2027. It was said that this might be delayed for a year or two, but this year, God has pulled off a little trick, right? God created COVID-19 and spread it to every country in the world. COVID-19 is bad for Europe and North America, but it is beneficial for North Korea and China. Yi also said, you know, you know what, I'm going to play the clip here. Uh, I can't really, I can't, you know, I can't really, I can't really let the clip, because it's in Chinese. Like, he's literally saying these things. I'm reading the article because I have to read the article, but basically what he's saying, I'm, I'm doing a little quick pause there, but basically what he's saying is COVID-19 was released by God to benefit us. That COVID-19 did us a favor, that everybody else, stupid America, that a stupid America failed the test. And that we here in China passed the test, that it's been good for our economy that we have benefited, goes on too to say that, well, <laughs> we, we haven't really made a single person sick. That 
compared to how America's handling it, we're doing just fine. Here, I'll, 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 well, I'll let a little bit of this play in the background. <laughs> and start it over. Instead of reading the article, I'll, I'll, I'll let the video play and then continue on from there. You might hear it in the background, but uh, I'll, I'll read the captions. It turns out that China is going to overtake the United States in 2027. It was said that this might be delayed for a year or two, but this year, God has pulled off a little trick, right? God created COVID-19 and spread it to every country in the world. The COVID-19 pandemic is like a test for all the countries in the this test is biased, though. COVID-19 is bad for Europe and America, but it is beneficial for North Korea and China. Now, before I continue on, think about this. For our new listeners, last week we were talking about Klaus Schwab, the Great Reset, and how he, he said that some of the main buyers of his book, of his technocratic Dictatorial Rule by a Tiny Elite book, the COVID-19 Great Reset book that he wrote, was North Korea. That North Korea was one of the main purchasers of his book. And I said this at the start of the pandemic, only in a communist country like China and North Korea could they get away with locking people in their rooms. Snatching people up off of the middle of the streets. Well, we don't do that here. But then they have House Resolution Bill HR 6666. Contact tracing. Where they can allow forcible detaining of people. Quarantining. Putting them in isolation facilities. And we covered that as well with the global health security agenda that Obama signed into office four years ago. But getting back into this. Dr. Lee Yi says that that's why North Korea is number one in the global fight against the pandemic. And China is number two. North Korea has zero infections, right? Zero infections? So this system can do it. Our system is good, but not as good as North Korea's. And think about this. Again, I have to stop it because they see, uh, they, they see their leader, Kim Jong-il, or Kim Jong-un, as a god, right? That's why they're saying, hey, North Korea's system is better. We have a good system, but North Korea's is better because they exalt their dictator over there. They, have, they worship everything he does over there. Their propaganda machines are on point over there. China's not so much. North Korea, though, where they're socially isolated, they can implement this type of system, and it's good. It's great. But China, where they're exposed to a little bit of other things, not so much. That's what they're saying. So this system can do it. This technocratic system can do it. This social credit score system can do it. This track and trace system can do it. We still have 4,000 dead, right? But if 4,000 Chinese die versus 220,000 persons in the United States, we haven't lost a single person, have we? And he begins to laugh. Hey, listen, if we kill a couple thousand people to get this system in, 
That's not that bad compared to how many people are dying in the United States. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Yeah, there are some casualties as we begin to create the technocracy. Yeah, we got to sacrifice a couple bodies to get this system in, but we haven't really lost a piece, a single person, have we? We're up close to zero infections and zero deaths. If 4,000 people out of 1.4 billion people died, that's the same thing as no one getting sick and no one dying. In the global economy, China stands out. We are ahead of schedule in terms of overtaking the United States. There will be no problem reaching this goal in 2027. The U.S. will not survive. We've struggled for more than a decade. In 2012, we achieved absolute superiority over Japan. And in the Taiwan Strait, we have gained absolute superiority over the U.S. military. In the Bohai Sea, the Yellow Sea, and the Taiwan Strait, we are expanding our military at an unprecedented rate in human history. We've been launching fleets equivalent to the French Navy every year for several years. One naval tonnage per we will continue to launch the equivalent of a French for at least the next decade. As long as 1.4 million Chinese people eat, we will drive the U.S. to its death. In any case, China's development cannot be resisted or stopped. As long as thing doesn't happen, as long as China government doesn't produce a good job, would mess up China's own internal affairs, cause China to disintegrate, then nobody would be able to resist our development. Now, there are a lot of heady things set in there that they have been launching fleets of Navy ships into the ocean. They are overtaking the United States. Economically, the United States will not survive into the future. They are going to overtake us by 2027, by their calculations. How crazy is what I just read to you? That's globalism. That's what we're up against. I, went, I took it a step further, too, this week, and read to you guys. Uh, Defense Minister General Wei Fang, his statements on how they were going to crush America. And you've got Klaus Schwab saying, being praised, or Klaus Schwab praising Xi Jinping because he says he's going to crush America. You heard it from the man's mouth right there. He said, the United States will not survive in the global economy. Quote, in the global economy, China stands out, he said. But we're ahead of schedule in terms of overtaking the United States. There will be no problem reaching this goal in 2027. The U.S. will not survive as long as 1.4 billion Chinese people eat, sleep, defecate, and urinate every day. As long as we go to work every day, we will drive the U.S. to its death. That's the plan. Do you understand how massive that is? I don't think people really understand how massive that is. It's not necessarily a declaration of war, but it could be misconstrued as one because this is the hybrid war of 2020.